Welcome Spotlight friends to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today we are sitting down with our special guest, Sister Teresa Athletia, and we're going to talk about her Memento Mori project and what remembering our death means. This is a special episode for All Souls Day and we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm seeing you all over social media, sharing all about remembering our death and you having a skull on your desk. And it seems like it's just taken over. So I'm so excited for you to be able to share about it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Sister Teresa Alethea Noble, and I am a daughter of St. Paul. So we are a religious congregation of sisters who are dedicated to spreading the gospel using modern media. So you'll see us all over the internet. We run our publishing house, and most of our convents are connected to bookstores. But we also, since we're mission to use modern media, you'll see us on Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and even TikTok. So that wow. is us and that's me. Yeah. That's something. That is not something that you see a lot, um, sisters on all social media forms. So how yeah, it has, surprises people. Yeah. It's like, so how is <laughs> being on social media? How has that kind of helped you connect with people? Have you found that you've gotten a lot of people asking questions, a lot of interest in what you're trying to share? Yeah, I think because this is our mission and charism in the church, there's a lot of graces connected to it. So I really saw that come to life when I started to tweet about Memento Mori and my practice of meditation on death. That was something that was inspired by our founder, Blessed James Alberione, who kept a skull in his desk. And I kind of did it as an afterthought. I really just thought, I'll just tweet about this and see what happens. And I was really just doing it to kind of get in the habit of meditating on my death, but it took off like wildfire. And I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons for that, but one of them I think is just that it's our charism. And I just think our founder and the Holy Spirit was totally behind it because this is something that was really needed. So I'm not normally the kind of person who would be on social media. I don't even know if I would be if I weren't a daughter of St. Paul, Mm. but I just, yeah, I think there's a lot of graces there. And I know that God's doing a lot behind the scenes that I don't even know about. So Mm, that's dope. And something to say too, you know, you don't even know if you'd be on social media, if it wasn't for your religious order, that is not something that you hear a lot. And so being, yeah, I mean, social media is its own whirlwind of things. I am not brave enough to enter into Twitter world but that is where you started your meditations, like you were saying earlier. So where did that kind of come from? And what is, I mean, you were saying your founder focused a lot on memento mori. So what does that mean? And why did you get a surge to kind of meditate on that? Yeah. So memento mori is a Latin phrase that means remember that you will die or remember your death. And I got into it because our founder used to meditate on his death daily and he had a skull on his desk. And I didn't really know much about the tradition in the church around that, but I just thought it was super punk rock and cool that I wanted to do it at some point. So I read about him doing that and before I entered, but it was several years into being in the convent when I just felt God put it on my heart. Like, this is the time for you to start doing this. And so I shared about it as I was meditating on my death. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, I don't even know how you meditate on your death. Um, St. <laughs> Benedict says in his rule, like 
tells his monks to keep death daily before your eyes and his rule. And so I thought, how do I keep death daily before my eyes? I just, Mm. maybe I'll just set aside a time in my day where I'll just think about my death. And so I decided I would tweet about it every day for like two weeks or something, because that would get me in the habit of doing it. But really, that's how it started. It was really just kind of an afterthought. I didn't think it would be a big deal. But people were super interested in what I was doing. And I started to experience a lot of graces in my life from meditating on my death. I wasn't sure exactly what it would be like. It was kind of scary at first, to be honest. I felt anxiety around death like most people do. So it brought up a lot of anxiety and fear. But over time, God really used it as an avenue for grace for me. And it really gave my life a lot of perspective. Oof, that's awesome. So when you talk about reflecting on your death, a lot of people will say, "Mm, that's pretty intense. Like you were saying earlier, it is pretty punk rock. That's pretty dope. I mean, to just have a skull on your desk, those flash me back to my hot topic days um, and just (laughs) being surrounded by that intensity. A lot of people would say that's kind of morbid, you know, it's kind of too intense for me. And it kind of would stop me from living my life joyfully. Right. So Mm -hmm. how do you, what would you say to that? How do you kind of live in both ways or can you live in one way? Yeah. In a way I can see, I am a person that's kind of extreme and I like to get to like the root of things and not everybody really likes to live that way. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, we're meant to live that way. We're really meant to live in a radical way and a radical dedication to Jesus Christ, no matter how we're called to live. So Mm. Memento Mori is really something that has helped me to do that. It's helped me even in the convent. I really and this is still true, but I really have priorities that are not Christ throughout the day and ways that I just don't focus and center on him. And Memento Mori is something that has really helped me to focus on him. So when people say that it's morbid, it's really Christ-centered. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So it's so full of hope and joy and death has just become very different for me. Like I'm still scared of it. I'm obviously, I'm scared to die like everybody is. It's a normal human thing. Mm. But I also, my perspective on death has just become a lot more Christian. Mm. I think about it in a different way. Okay, okay. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So when people die, we have hope, right? We're optimistic that they're going to a better place and that their life meant something. And so when we're talking about death and seeing it from a Christian perspective, like what does that mean? I think a good example of this is because we can think, oh yeah, I think about death in a Christian way, you know, bit no big deal. But I didn't really, to be honest, even in the convent as a sister, I studied theology, I studied philosophy, I studied the catechism, but I still did not think of death in a fully Christian way. I still don't. That's why we meditate on death. It's something that helps us to um, enter into what Jesus has done for us through dying on the cross and saving us from our sins and saving us from the death of sin and from death. So it's just something that is, it transforms how we see it. And an example of that is a lot of people will say to me, skull, oh, that's so, ah, that's evil. That's like... Mm not a good thing. Why are you thinking of that? I mean, some people have said, sister, that's demonic. Why are you, why do you have a skull on your desk? 
And I would say that if we have that reaction, that's a normal reaction to see a skull and be like, ugh. But that reaction in itself tells us that maybe we don't have a Christian view of death because the skull for Christians for centuries has been a symbol of the resurrection. Actually, you'll see it in a lot of European churches. They'll have a skull and then wings or a skull and laurels because they would see the bodily death as something where as a sign of resurrection, because our bodies are going to rise at the end of time. And our bodily resurrection is something that a lot of people don't even know about that teaching in the church. And a lot of people don't think about if they do know or meditate on. So it's something that has just changed the way that I see a lot, see the central mysteries of our faith. And really the only way that we can change the way we see it, it's one thing to know it intellectually. Mm. It's another thing to bring those truths in our prayer every single day and just let them wash over us. Mm. Oh my goodness. I love that. I remember years ago when I was in college, I went to Ave Maria. There were some CFR brothers that visited and they were awesome. And they, they were from like, a group in Arizona. So they had like a biker group. And so they had patches, (laughs) they had patches and they had like a skull patch that they wore on their clothes. And I just remember being like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And for years, I like walked around with that skull patch on my college backpack and people were like, wow, that's so intense. (laughs) (laughs) But I just remember seeing that and being like, that is so dope. Like that we can just be in constant thinking about our life. Like it reframed the way that I lived my life, you know, made it more meaningful, totally. more meaningful and more powerful every day. And just more excited too to be like reunited with Christ. I mean, I'm not speeding up the process, but like definitely, yeah. you know, just excited to like be there at one point, you know, at some point. And so yeah. that's so awesome that you can share this message of all your reflections that you've had that you start when you started, has there been a meditation or reflection that you've had that's been like so powerful, kind of eye-opening for you throughout this whole process? I think there's a reason that St. Benedict encourages us to do it daily, to meditate on our death every single day, because for me, it's just been a process over time where different things become kind of God emphasizes them at different times. And one of the major things that I think people don't really think of or or they'll kind of meditate on death for a little bit and then leave it behind kind of as a practice that kind of it, this can be the way that that it's emphasized in the stoic tradition and modern stoics who do it that it kind of gives us a lot of impetus to do crazy mm. um, big things and to think big about our life and in a way it does help us to do that. It helped me to think, oh well, I could die tomorrow, so maybe I should start this book now, writing this book or reading this book or doing this mm. or going to to do different things. Um and so it can be helpful in that way, but I would say that the most surprising thing it has helped me with is that it's helped me come to terms with my weakness and my fragility and my mortality and to accept that as as a gift. Like my life is a gift but it's fragile and I'm just in total need and dependence on God. Mm. And that's the most beautiful part of the practice. I think it can almost be Pelagian where we can say, Oh, memento mori helps me to get things done or like check Mm. things off my to-do list or (laughs) bucket list or whatever. There is some help in that way. 
But beyond that, it's more coming into terms of that I am a human being and I'm going to die and I need Jesus. And that's cool. That is a vibe. Can I share with you a reflection that I've had very recently in that same vein? I'd love that. Okay. So I went to California like two days ago and I have always my whole life. I've loved like the ocean and all of its amazing terror. It's so scary how everything is so large and we like have only explored so little of it. And so a couple of months ago, I was like decided that I wanted to go whale watching at some point in my life and not as a bucket list thing, but I figured, you know, at some point I'm like, I just want to see something. I love the idea that there's something that's larger than us, right? There are things larger than us. We're so small and we rely on God so much. And so do these other things. And we're, you know, so anyway, so a couple of days ago, I went whale watching in Monterey, California. And yeah. And we got out on the boat and I was so hyped, took tons of pictures of myself, went my first solo trip, got out there with a couple other people and we saw tons of humpback whales. And yeah, it was the coolest thing. And there was this one baby humpback whale that came out. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. (laughs) Um, There was this baby humpback whale. There were two boats and on the other boat, it came and it was kind of curious about the boat. And so it kept popping its head out of the water and like looking at it. And then it went on its back and like flipped its tail and splashed us. It was like being at SeaWorld, but like in the ocean. And I didn't know the animals... (laughs) could were capable of that. And so I just remember sitting out on the boat with these other people looking at this whale and it's mom and dad and just like looking at it eating for four hours and thinking to myself, like, I am so small. Like I am, I am just some, and not to take away from my importance, but it's like, it's Mm -hmm. amazing to think like, I am so little And this whale is its own story right now in existing. And we're all just watching it. And Mm -hmm. we're in the ocean, like we're in this ocean. We're so far away from land. It's so amazing. And when I've read some of your reflections, like I love thinking about like how small we all are. And even when I was driving through the mountains of California, it's like something about the grandeur, right? And I think even like the skull and our death remembrance can be kind of grand when you think about it. Like we're so small, (laughs) we're so fragile, we're so dependent on God. And it's just like insane to think about that, you know? And so I just think Mm -hmm. that's so cool. And so that is so awesome that you shared that. And I I just remember thinking that a couple of days ago, as I was watching this whale in this tiny boat with no assurance that nothing would happen to us. So (laughs) it's just like so crazy. So that's awesome. I think God like gifts us with that feeling sometimes and it can be absolutely terrifying (laughs) at the same time that it's inspiring. But if we kind of surrender ourselves to that feeling, I think we can find God in it. But yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I was like, man, you know, we are so small and that's dope. And this whale is gigantic. Even though it's a baby, the guy was like, this whale weighs a couple tons. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep the boat chill because we don't want to disturb it. And we're all standing there with our horrible iPhones trying to get pictures of it. (laughs) And like, I'm trying to FaceTime my mom in the middle of the ocean to show her. (laughs) Like, I'm just thinking about how small we are in my life and 
it's like it's this big massive thought right and yeah. this idea of like wonder and awe which we all seem to lose as we get older you know and just thinking about my part in this world how little how fragile how contingent i am it's just it's insane to think about and i um, yeah i think that's so cool that with the memento mori movement that we can have like a sense of awe or like perspective right not to drive mm-hmm. us to do things like you were saying Um, Not like a task oriented thing, but just as like a, to give us perspective. Sometimes I think I just wake up and I go to Chick-fil-A and then I like forget that I'm someone (laughs) operating machinery, (laughs) like (laughs) operating machinery, like transporting myself to another place. Like, and it's all happening because like God's holding me in existence. And at any moment I could be not existing like on and it's just like crazy to think you know Mm -hmm. so that's just so awesome that you have this whole thing and and I think I understand what you're saying that it's not even morbid you know it's Mm -hmm. it's like life-giving and it's kind of gives you like a surge you know yeah um, to just start thinking like that so that's great yeah yeah it's totally how we enter into actually living is to face those terrifying feelings of (laughs) Yeah, that we, yeah, we're also going to die, but that's how you live. Yeah, to totally. That. yeah, totally. So let me ask you, were you always this way? I know that you said when you entered into your religious order, it took a couple of years and then you really started like intentionally reflecting. Did you always kind of have this mindset growing up where you were reflective and wanted to kind of pursue a greater thought in this way or was that something where you entered this order and you were like, you know what, I'm really, really going to think, think, think. Um, I think I've always been this way. I, mm-hmm. I was always a question asker. And mm-hmm. when I was little, I was actually pretty skeptical when I was younger. Um, I grew up Catholic, but I became atheist for over 12 years. So yeah, I've always been kind of digging I want to get to the bottom of things, Mm. but I think even with that personality, it can be easy to avoid death because it's just scary. I mean, it is the scariest thing that we can think about and face um, in our own lives and people we love. So I think knowing God gave me the courage to really enter into meditation on death. Mm. And really I had to kind of get his inspiration to even think about it. I just wouldn't have thought about it, about doing something that intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm an intense person. So. Yeah. And God's, yeah. And God's like, LOL. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how sometimes God is like, you know what? I'll take, I'll take this little opportunity. And it mm-hmm. seems like for the people that believe in him the least, not to say that like we're his favorites, but I tend to think whenever I hear those stories, even of my own upbringing of like being completely atheist in high school and Mm. then getting kicked out of high school. And then the only thing I was allowed to go to was a high school retreat. And (laughs) I was like, honestly, I will go if they give me free pizza. I don't even know. I don't think (laughs) I was like, I don't think God exists. He for sure does not, but they're going to have free pizza and my mom's not coming. So I will be there. (laughs) And just for God to take any opportunity for Mm -hmm. each of us to be like, all right, you know, like, I'm not yeah. going to force my way in, but like, I got you now. I'm taking yeah. your guess and you're here now. And I'm going to just, I'm going to let you roll with this. So that's so awesome. Thank you for your yes to God that many years ago, because that's crazy how 
beautiful that your life turned out to be like this. That's dope. Yeah, you too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Sometimes I'm like, God, oh, high school Chanel would have been like, what? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I told my atheist teenager self that I'd be a nun. She would have been like, what? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. If I told yeah. my atheist high school Chanel, I would have been like searching around and hot topic and like, dyeing my hair pink I would have definitely been like now you wear like Marion bandanas and like (laughs) like pray on the hours of the day like so lame um but yeah dude no that's that's awesome so tell us more about the Memento Mori movement what is next on the trajectory where are you heading with it so I've written several resources for people because people are asking for help to meditate on death and This November, I'm really proud of something that our sisters are publishing for. uh, It's an Advent companion for Memento Mori. And it's on all of the last things. And it has beautiful art in it. I've worked with one of our sisters here who reached out to a bunch of artists who are willing to submit their art for it. And it's all full color. It has reflections on each of the scripture readings for Advent and I'm so proud of everything our sisters have produced around Memento Mori, but this is one of the ones that I'm just most excited about. It's going to be so beautiful and I can't wait to see what God, how God uses it in people's lives. Wow. And Advent too. What an interesting time to release something like that. Like I know, yeah. birth and you know, <laughs> death. Like how- It's kind of an odd time, yeah. but you know, back in the day, priests used to give like on each Sunday of Advent, they would give a, a sermon on each of the last things, mm. including like heaven, hell, judgment, death. And so people were much more used to this kind of stuff. And so it seems odd to us, but you know, it could be normal. more normal. Yeah. Ugh, I love that. Well, I can't wait for that. And so where can we learn more information about that? Should we just go to the Pauline Sisters website? Yeah, you can go to pauline.org forward slash Advent Companion. Or you could just search it on Amazon. It's a Memento Mori Advent Companion on the last things. Sweet. We'll search that. And then where can we have more info about you? Where can we follow you and like what you're up to? I heard you're traveling to Europe soon. Yeah, I am leaving in about a week to prepare for final vows in Italy. What? I'm shook. I'm shook. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. How are you feeling? Excited? I'm excited. I'm a little worried about my very poor Italian, but Mm. so everyone can pray for me for that, but Mm. it's going to be, God is good. And he, he knows that I hate going into the unknown in some Mm. ways and I love it at the same time. So yeah, it's an adventure. Wow. Well, we will all be praying. That is so amazing. And thank you again for your yes. That is, I know that God is like rejoicing. That's dope. So at the end of every episode, we ask each guest what their hope for the week is. So something that you're looking forward to, something you're hopeful for. I feel like I already know what yours is, but I can go first if you need some time to think, or you can go first. How are you feeling? You can go first. Okay. So my hope for the week, I have been really trying to immerse myself into like celebrating seasons more intentionally. I am was not someone that really like cared much about seasonal celebrations growing up. But last year in the pandemic, I made it my mission, myself and my roommates, to really go hard for different celebrations. So bought all the Dollar Tree decorations for Halloween, 
bought all the Dollar Tree decorations for Advent and Christmas time. So (laughs) I'm really hopeful and excited that now that I'm like back at home, we can, you know, go hard on the seasonal celebrations and all the liturgical celebrations too, that the church has for all the seasons, which I think are so cool. The church provides like all these awesome celebratory opportunities that I never plugged into. So I'm excited to plug into those in November. It'll be nice and chilly, a good like 99 degrees here in Florida during that time. So, (laughs) so it'll be nice to feel like I'm really, you know, entering into the season. So I'm excited. How about you? So I'm just going to imagine that it's November because I know this is coming out in November and I am just, I really, when I am in Rome, I really want to go to the Capuchin Bone Chapel. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you don't know about that, just Google it. It's really cool. And they they basically transported their cemetery. They had to move their monastery at some Mm -hmm. point. And so they transferred all of their brother's bones and they kind of made a whole chapel out of it and decorated the chapel with the bones. So it's kind of just a symbol of the resurrection. Like people will share about it, about how creepy it is, but it's actually just super exciting like symbol of the resurrection. All those bones are going to oh. fly off in the coming of Jesus and it's going to be the resurrection Whoa. of all those monks. So Whoa, that's, that's actually, I want to go and Wow, imagine. I got full body chills hearing you say that. I <laughs> I feel like you're going to walk in and just become like full form. Like you're just going to yeah. ascend. <laughs> I'm just going to levitate. Yeah, you should just start levitating. Yeah. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know. I know Rome is particular with like and Italy's particular pictures but if you can take lots yeah, of cool pictures and post those that would be awesome I've like I've seen pictures of that online and it and but now that you're saying it like when Jesus comes back all of those bones are oh my gosh that yeah. is pretty cool that yeah. is pretty cool that's gonna be <laughs> awesome well we are so grateful to have had you today and we're really Looking forward to your final vows. We'll definitely be praying for you. That is so exciting. Entering into the new year, being like ready to go full force. That is so cool. We'll all be praying and we're so grateful to have had you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. This is fun. Thank you guys again for listening. And thank you so much to Sister Teresa for being our guest. Make sure to check out more of what she's up to on Pursued by Truth on Instagram. And you can see more information on her Memento Mori project. It's going to be super dope. I am very grateful to have had this conversation. I hope you guys have an awesome and reflective All Souls Day. And I'm looking forward to talking to you all next week. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.